and welcome to Voices of None, where expertise, knowledge and experience are sought from the world's leading thinkers and performers in professional services and anonymously. Their purpose is to openly share with no ulterior motive. Today's topic is focused around the practical use of emotional intelligence and why leaders need to develop it to thrive in the post-pandemic world. And today's anonymous speaker, we have him online now. And so, without naming yourself or your business, why should the audience listen to you? The audience should listen to me because, along with a lot of very successful people, I've failed and I've failed and I've failed and I've failed. And each time I've managed to get up and go further. Wonderful. I like that a lot. So failure is always good because of massive learning curves. So today's subject, um, as you said, is the practical use of emotional intelligence and why leaders need to develop it to thrive in the post-pandemic world. So why is today's topic so important? It is particularly relevant in today's society for a number of reasons. The pandemic has forced to the surface a lot of things which have been bubbling under the surface for a long time. And uh, these are challenging people to face emotions that they haven't tr truly faced in the past. They thought they were facing them, but thinking we're facing them and actually facing them are different things. And if we don't have the ability to deal with it, then basically uh, we won't be able to get up from the next knockdown. So the difference is with emotions, we're taught as a society to think about them. Well, thinking and feeling aren't the same. They are completely different intelligence systems. So anybody who explains emotions through thinking isn't teaching emotional intelligence. They're teaching more thinking intelligence, which is what we've been doing as a society for most of the time. So as the pandemic has come about, we've been made to sit down and be still through the lockdowns. We're forced to feel what's going on within us. Most of us haven't got a clue how to feel. So we continue to think and then suffer. Interesting. So obviously there's, there's been many stories of mental illness during the pandemic. And, and is that because of um, them forced to feel in this way or because they are overthinking or to both? It's a bit of both and it's entirely predictable as well. Uh, so it comes as no surprise to me that uh, mental illness is on the rise because being forced to face this situation through thinking alone isn't going to get uh, people to where they really want to be. Uh, I think it was uh, Einstein, actually, who said that the thinking which created the problem, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the, the level of thinking which created the problem isn't what's going to get you out of it. I'd go further and say that the thinking that got you to into the mess in the first place created a whole set of emotions because our thinking leads to what we feel and what we feel 
then affects the quality of the action we take. So let me just give you a very quick example as an aside. If you're having a great day and you take a particular action, you will take that action from a very different energy to if you're having a crap day and take that same action. Yeah. Uh, so a great day and you'll take a great action, crap day and you'll take a crap action. And the action can be exactly the same, but the quality of the action can be completely different. So being faced with a situation where we were stuck in our thinking with no access to our emotions. And um, what most people don't know is as we learn that we can change our thinking, we can also change the way that we're feeling. It's entirely within our control. And if anything, it's far easier to change our feeling than it is to change our thinking. And if thousands upon thousands of thoughts lead to a few emotions, the challenge I, uh, I give people is, would you rather work on thousands of thoughts or a few emotions? And nobody ever says thousands of thoughts. So developing the emotional intelligence then becomes the natural thing to do. Okay, so probably a big question. How do we face our emotions? What do we do? And this is where the paradox is. You do nothing because doing comes from thinking and feeling a feeling doesn't involve any doing. Feeling a feeling is being able to feel it and sit with it but sitting with it doesn't mean sitting on a chair and crying your eyes out. That's therapy. That's talking about uh, something. Uh, feeling an emotion is quite literally just feeling it. So to give you an example, when people are stuck in grief, and grief is the energy of loss. So it's not just to do with death. So the, there's a lot of grief in the world at the moment because of the pandemic. But there's a lot of grief at the moment because of change as well. So uh, grief comes about... Uh, not because we've lost something. We, yes, that does bring up grief, but it also the possibility of losing something brings about grief. So the fear of losing your job, the fear of losing your livelihood, the fear of your life changing, all of those bring about grief. So the world at the moment is swimming in grief, if I put it that way. And grief is a very low energy, which also weakens our immune system, which is then making us more susceptible to the virus. Yeah. So it's actually having the opposite effect. And grief, when people are feeling grief, quite often, uh, when they really start to feel it, they're crying. And that's why most people don't want to feel grief, especially in public, because they don't want to cry in public. What I've discovered through my work is if you ask a person to keep their eyes open as they're feeling the grief, the crying stops. It's as simple as that because they're actually feeling it. So the closing of the eyes is the resistance to the feeling and it's the resistance to the feeling which then causes the tears to flow. Stop resisting and the tears stop. Very interesting. So, so, so just to finish answering that. Yeah that stopping the resistance isn't actually involved in doing anything. It's actually not doing anything, which is resisting. So basically, when rather than face the emotion, we feel the feeling. And But how does that feel the feeling get us out of this, this mental 
um, sickness that people have got. So when you face the feeling and you're done with that feeling, uh, you rise to a higher level of feeling. So uh, the, it, I, I describe feelings uh, as similar to gears in a car. When you're going on a journey, do you want to drive there in first gear or do you want to drive there in fifth gear? And most people eventually say, well, I want to drive in fifth gear because I'll get there quicker. The other thing that happens when you're driving in fifth gear is you're also burning less fuel. So you get more miles per gallon. And same with emotions. There are emotions which are the equivalent of driving in first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, or fifth gear. And I teach people how to change gears with their emotions. So they drive not in first gear or second gear, but in fifth gear. So they get there quicker and they burn less fuel on the way. So basically you are a driving instructor of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, a driving instructor of the emotions. Let's get that clear. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Thank you for bringing up on that. So in order to kind of get this um, feel the feeling, do you need to go to awareness, courage, and then the outcome is peace? What, what, what I mean... So where, where, do you, where do you start? Apart from sitting down and keeping your eyes open, where do you start? Okay, let, let, let me give you an analogy. Um, the analogy involves uh, one of the Indiana Jones films, uh, which I quite often refer to. And it's the film with Sean Connery. And uh, the, there's a moment in the film where, where they're underground uh, on this, I think inside this mountain, and they come across this opening and it's a chasm below them. And there's no way across. So, the, so to get to the other side, there is no way across. And eventually, uh, Indy kind of goes to, uh, back the way he comes, and then he takes a running leap because he, he thinks, well, this is the only way. If I don't do this, we're going to die anyway. And the moment he takes that leap, a pathway appears below them, almost by magic. Yeah, I remember that. To yeah. me, that's a representation of courage. It's taking that step forward, not knowing what's going to happen. So you may fall to your death or a magic pathway may appear. Courage is the ability to take that action. So courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to act in the presence of fear. So even as you take that leap, doesn't mean that you don't have fear but you're willing to do what you need to do in order to get the results that you need, you know, that, that you're after in the first place. So we bring this back into the business community. Okay. So if you look at business leaders and obviously, you know, they've probably been through a grief cycle as well regarding how I got a business, have I got a cash flow? have I got profits, have I got a team, blah, blah, blah. So how can you, how can you link this into say running a business and leadership? So I have my own definition of leaders, which is slightly different uh, to the traditional. So there are many leaders uh, uh, in the field out there. Not all of them are true leaders. Some of them are what I call pushers, pretending to be leaders. So people running on a very high emotional uh, energy lead from the front and by setting an example, people want to follow them because they are inspiring. They are motivational without actually trying to do anything to be motivational. They are just living 
uh, uh, in a way in which they are being themselves and other people say, I want to be like that. Those are the leaders, they lead from the front. The pushers are more likely to be the managers and they are like uh, uh, sheepdogs. So sheepdogs, when they herd the sheep, they run around all over the place whilst the shepherd who's the leader stands on the field and just blows on a whistle. It's the dog that does the running around, herding the sheep to go into a pen that they don't want to go into and they keep on going off all over the place and the dog has to run around trying to get them into this narrow opening. So a lot of leaders rule by, say, fear. They are terrifying to the people that are following them. These could be the dictators of the world as well. They also rule by anger because not many people like to face anger. So when somebody becomes angry, they backtrack uh, in the face of that anger. You know, they'll do what the angry person wants them to do. Those aren't leaders. They're pushers. They're using this energy. And it takes a lot of energy to push people to go in a direction they don't want to go in. So first thing to realize is, are you leading from the front? Because if you're leading, it takes far less effort than if you're pushing. And if you find that you're working hard all the time, you're not at the leadership level. You're more at what I call the managerial level. You're not the shepherd. You're the sheepdog. And nobody wants to be the sheepdog, let alone the sheep. How do you get leaders then to feel their feelings? By teaching them that actually it is nothing like what they think it is. So it's a different system. And one of the things about emotional intelligence, which I described very early on, is that there are certain differences between emotional intelligence and mind intelligence. So mind intelligence has logic, it has re reason, it has sequence. So one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D. Things happen in a sequential order. Emotional intelligence doesn't apply any, or it doesn't follow the rules of logic which are of the mind. It doesn't follow reason. It doesn't follow sequence and order. So A to, uh, from A, you could go to, I don't know, Q to X to B to wherever. It goes all over the place. And so if you try and, try and work it out through your mind, you're not going to be able to do it here. So the feeling sense literally feels very different to thinking. So when you apply mind intelligence, you can think about it. You can't think about a feeling because thinking about the feeling is not the feeling. It's actually feeling it. So uh, you can say, uh, you know, for example, one of the things that I use as, uh, as a tool is teaching people to walk across hot coals. Yeah. You can think about how hot it's going to be, or you can step onto the coals and know how hot it's going to be thinking about it and knowing about it are very different. So when people are on, uh, uh, learning to far walk, I teach them to pay attention to their feet. Why? Because their mind, which is in their head, is the furthest away from the coals. The mind doesn't have a clue how the coals feel. It thinks it does, but it doesn't. But the feet, the feet know straight away. The moment you step on them, you know how hot they are. So pay attention to your feet, uh, to your feet rather, not to your head. Yeah. So if you go into organization now, you can see people who are leading by, in your words, fear and anger, basically. 
Um, and if you're going to approach a leader of a business on emotional intelligence, where would you start? By looking at their results, because the results quite often reveal where they're at. And uh, what I find is true leaders, when they reach success, are able to maintain that success with little effort. The others have this uh, up and down uh, um, wave motion of success and then losing it. So they get to success and what they find quite often is having got to success, they've got to work even harder to stay successful. Yeah. yeah. So, so true leaders don't need to work that hard once they get there. Yeah, once they get there. And you mentioned that the difference between knowledge and wisdom and how to be wise and not just knowledgeable. Explain that, please. Yeah, no, no, so you can know how to do something. That's knowledge. Yeah. Knowing what to do and how to do it. Wisdom is actually doing it. Okay. If you're, if you're not doing it, that's not wisdom. That's just, you're still in knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to do what you know what to do. And, and not only to know that, but to do it. But if you're feeling, feeling the feeling, then you shouldn't be taking action, should you? It depends on which gear that feeling is. If you're in first gear or even reverse, then don't take that action. It's not going to be very powerful. Right. If you're in the higher gears, fourth or fifth, then you know that that's okay to take action. So I'm not saying, uh, you know, that, that there's this saying, feel the feeling and do it anyway. Well, it depends what feeling you're feeling. Okay. Just as there's emotional intelligence, there's also emotional stupidity. You don't want to act out of the stupid feelings. And um, so people who have got the trappings of success and just don't want that, but they want the experience of fulfillment inside, what do they do? Learn about the laws of emotional intelligence because they are different. The way emotions work is different to the way thinking works. It's not that emotions or emotional intelligence is better than thinking intelligence. It's just that it's different and it's better to use both systems than be good at only one of them. So emotions without access to the thinking is just as bad as thinking without access to the emotions. So I'm not saying to people emotions are better. I'm saying use them in conjunction because together they are far more powerful than each one of them separately. So the sum of the parts is not the same as you know the, the, the whole thing. So uh, individually, you, you can say one and one equals two. But when you apply emotion to the mind, or if I say emotion to the logic, then one plus one could equal three or four or whatever, because it doesn't follow the traditional laws. Okay. So you talk about compromising against compromising their success to attain the fulfillment. Okay. Just explain that, please. So people that get to be successful are also at a particular level of emotion. 
So they've gone through the lower levels. They've got to the first level at which they feel good. And yet there's still this resonance of fear within them, which is, okay, I've done this. I've done this once, but I don't know if I can do it again. So I'd better hang on to what I've already achieved. So the very things that got them to success, they don't apply them in the same way as on the way to success, which means they hold back. And as soon as they start to hold back, the results start to be less okay. uh, uh, successful or le less effective rather, yeah. which means that uh, in that compromise, they're losing their edge and they effectively start to lose their success. Interesting, isn't it? Because so many business leaders are so busy, busy, busy kind of thing. And actually to step back and feel their emotions is absolutely, whether they're in fear, whether they're in anger, frustration, to feel where they are, because wherever they are is probably impacting on the, the team members and the, and the customers and suppliers and also the leadership team as well. Um, I, I was told once that instead of being part of the river, with your thoughts, step out from the river and then look at your thoughts. Because then, you know, you are aware of them and rather than being kind of um, just part of the flow of the river, you know, and your mind's going, you know, nine to a dozen kind of things, it's actually stepping out from the river and observing your thoughts, which is what you're saying here, basically, isn't it? Kind of to feeling the emotion. Um, well, he, he, here's the thing. Uh, one thing between I didn't know when I started and I discovered along the way uh, because I was very reluctant to feel. Uh, I've been taught all my life that it's bad to feel and don't show your feelings. It's uh, 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 the, this thing that a lot of people across the world, regardless of what background they come from, they're taught don't show your emotions, don't feel. And uh, I had a very active mind which was thinking, thinking, thinking all the time. As a result of training in emotional intelligence, my mind started to become quieter. Now, I'd never really meditated before because I find it difficult to literally sit down and think of nothing. Well, meditation isn't sitting down and thinking of nothing. Meditation is sitting down, allowing your mind to wander very well, but you not actually following that. Yeah. Now, as you increase your gear uh, or increase your emotional intelligence and rise up, say, from first gear to fifth gear, automatically a side effect of that is your thinking quietens down. As your thinking quietens down, you have less thoughts whizzing through. Because there are less thoughts, it's easier to pick off the thoughts which are causing the damage, if I put it that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 So... We're coming to an end now of this wonderful podcast regarding thinking, emotions, and feeling. So what's the one final bit of advice you would give to people listening to this podcast, whether it's you know leaders or managers and employees? And what's your one final bit of advice, please? Are you fulfilled in your life as well as successful? Or is it that you're not even where you regard success is? If it's either one of those, at the very least, whatever you got to lose by actually daring to feel the things that you've been avoiding. Thank you. Well, thank you, wonderful, non advisor. 
And on that note, I will say goodbye and thank you for your time. Thank you.